Welcome to the Why on Earth Communities Stewardship and Sustainability Podcast Series. Today, I have the great pl- privilege of visiting with Dr. Nicola Ciso. Hi, Nicola. Hello. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's so great to have you on the show, and it's such a funny uh, situation here because we're actually in your studio setup for your show. That's right. I, I'm the founder of Aspen Talks Health, where we discuss all sorts of health-related topics, nutrition, exercise, diet, uh, brain health, gut health, environmental toxins. So you are quite a compliment to my show today. Thank you. Well, this is so much fun. We get to basically interview each other uh, in converse situations. We even changed chairs for the occasion, didn't we? Yes. So uh, Dr. Nicola Ciso is a PhD in holistic health and nutrition Uh, She is also a certified holistic health coach, and as she mentioned, she's the founder of Aspen Talks Health, where she interviews experts in every aspect of health and healing, and she has a master's in sustainability and environmental management from Harvard University. And so, before we dive into a number of the topical areas where you're expert related to our personal health, I I want to ask you... Nicola, how how did you get into all of this in the first place? Health has always been of interest to me. Since I was 15 years old, I I loved diving into the spirituality and the emotional uh, components of health. And then the nutrition as well. My mother studied at Hippocrates Health Institute 20 years ago. And so we've learned uh, how to be uh, on a plant-based diet healthfully because there's ways to do it unhealthy. Um, and then I actually ended up developing type 1 diabetes despite all of that. And so that led me even further into understanding what are some of the root causes because it's not just genetic and it's certainly not just sugar, um, high fat diets, antibiotic use, adverse childhood experiences, mold exposure. I mean, I'm learning so much as to the causes of health decline that um, it's, it's never just one thing. So, it, so the show came about just because I'm personally interested, and it's I, I, I do it anyway for joy every day is learning from experts in all these different fields. So why not share what I'm learning with the community? It's so powerful and uh, such an incredible resource. I want to just mention really quickly, since we're on the topic, folks can find this resource at aspentalkshealth.com. Uh, you're also on YouTube at uh, a, a channel which we'll make sure is in the show notes. And your uh, Facebook is Aspen Talks Health as well. So want to make sure, folks, that you um, get to this resource and uh, see not only the expertise that Dr. Ciso is bringing to the public, but also that uh, her guests on the show are bringing to the public as well. And I, I have to ask you, because I, I also have this wonderful privilege of interviewing a variety of experts. What's been the most unusual or, or surprising insight or, or guest that you've had on the show? Uh, I would say Dr. Rudy Tanzi. He uh, is a professor of neurology at Harvard Medical School, who discovered the genes that cause Alzheimer's. And he said that he, they did a whole study on how to prevent Alzheimer's. and. One of the list was being more loving. Mm. And I found that so beautiful because so much of our, we think so much of the health is just related to nutrition and uh, environmental toxins, for example, which a good majority is, but also how are we treating ourselves? And how loving are we by, are being to other people in our lives? Uh, it was a beautiful thing that, that actually prevented Alzheimer's. As- Extraordinary. Yeah. I love hearing that. Thank you. So one of the things that strikes me, you know, I have the opportunity to connect with folks from a variety of backgrounds, some who might be really faith oriented in their in their connection with the world, some who might be science oriented, STEM oriented, others who might be focused more on economy and so forth. And one of the things I have found with a lot of my friends who focus on the science lens is, is we can often fall into the trap of seeing all this kind of reduced mechanism, uh, mechanical phenomena as dictating things like health or things like sustainability and what have you, 
And to have somebody from the medical community emphasizing the importance of love yeah. is tremendous, yeah. right? Yeah, it and was of, beautiful. Of course, love has been central to so much of our, our human wisdom and, and teachings over the ages from all different cultures. Yeah, it's so true. We just, we, I don't think we're conscious all the time of the inner dialogue. Mm -hmm. So much of it is subconscious. And it's ruling our lives. And it's attracting things into our lives. And it's certainly manifesting as physical ailments if there, if there are so many sabotaging beliefs in there. Yeah. yeah. So for you personally, w with all of the technical knowledge you have, what are some of the things you're doing day to day, week to week, to cultivate that, that love, whether it's self-love or love directed toward others? One thing is certainly doing a meditation practice in the morning, having that, even if it's just three minutes of breathing, is so key, and I just, I keep it simple. I count inhale one, exhale two, inhale three, exhale four, and I go to six, and I start over. And the reason is to keep it short is it keeps your mind focused on the inhaling, uh, inhaling and exhaling. Uh, the other thing is to look in the mirror and, and say, I love you, I love you, and, and see mm -hmm. the parts that you love about yourself instead of focusing on the parts that you don't. That has been a big transformer for me. And also, the, one of the biggest, most powerful lessons I've learned this past year was that every single experience and every person that comes into my life, be it positive or negative, is in direct service to my soul and if I could see everything how is this serving me and even if it's negative and you're like that person is a fill-in-the-blank and they're just behaving unkindly how can I actually use this uh, as a way to practice kindness or practice practice compassion you know who knows what they're going through or how they were raised or whatever it was so seeing every single experience as an opportunity to be more loving absolutely beautiful yeah i have to mention uh, this reminds me of my my mother is so good at sometimes reminding me and and you know when we're doing this kind of work when we're reaching out sharing with the public interfacing networking scheduling in, invariably we can run into some friction here and there right of course and my mother reminds me often that if somebody is coming at us with you know kind of cold prickly uh feelings or whatever that is almost certainly about something going on in their lives and has virtually nothing to do with me or us necessarily. Right. And, and to learn not to take that kind of stuff quite as personally and certainly not to then amplify it or redirect it, right? I think that's one of the things that can often happen right. when we're uh, having these negative experiences. Yeah, there's a projection of mm -hmm. their own uh, inner unhappiness or dissatisfaction with themselves often or, yeah, and you can't, it, to take things personally is, is really pointless mm. unless it's constructive crit criticism from a friend and there's like something that you can learn from that's different yeah but uh, if it's just a, a projection then yeah you mm. have to just honor the person where they are mm -hmm. that's so beautiful so love interesting segue to get into talking about some of these other issues affecting our health like genetically modified organisms pesticides glyphosate can you explain for our audience what's going on with all of the food and agricultural practices and how is that impacting us sure so the reason why companies genetically modify crops is so that they can widespread spray pesticides and herbicides especially to, to kill off the weed but not the crop so then they've also had to design a, a crop that can withstand that and not get killed by something that's designed to kill Right? So they genetically modified, let's say, the corn, for example, to withstand glyphosate, for example, which is a, an herbicide, again, designed to kill the herbs, and, but that gets soaked up as well into the corn. So we're getting doses of herbicides and pesticides and, as, as you know very well, limited soil nutrition. Yeah. Um, so our, the quality of our foods has gone down significantly. Yeah in the conventional world. Yeah. And already, uh, many of these poisons, I understand, have been banned in other countries. Absolutely. But here in the United States, uh, like it or not, we're, we're basically the unwitting uh, lab rats in a great experiment right now. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when we're seeing it. It's, it's obvious by the cancer rates, the diabetes, the obesity. Uh, people are eating high density of calories with very low density of nutrition. Yes. 
and a high density of, of toxins and poisons. Yeah. No wonder. Of course there's cancer growing rates. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. How could we expect anything different? So what are, what are some of the ways we can deal with that or avoid those kinds of toxins? I highly advocate buying organic, mm -hmm. local, locally sourced. If you can buy from your farmer only, that's the best mm -hmm. because they're picking the fruits and vegetables right off the tree, usually the day before they're bringing it to market. Yep. So you're getting the most ripe fruits and veggies. Uh, and seasonal, make sure you're buying seasonal because if, if something's not in season, that means it's probably being shipped from across the world. Again, it's being picked way before it's ripe. That means it hasn't absorbed all the nutrients it needs from the soils. And what I've heard, and I haven't verified this, but I understand that when fruits cross the border, they get sprayed against fruit flies. Mm -hmm. So even if it's organic, you're getting a pesticide layer and you can feel that if it, like an apple for example that's waxy mm -hmm. that's that's wax infused with pesticides mm -hmm. so very important to get local organic fresh ripe raw fruits and veggies don't cook your food as little as little if at all as possible because you want all those nutrients there are some foods that um, some nutrients come out more so like in tomatoes the lycopene comes out more when you cook it um, and kale and, and broccoli becomes a little more absorbable, digestible, uh, lightly steamed, not this like heavy long-term cooking and high heat. It's, it's destructive. You destroy the enzymes that mm -hmm. help you break the food down and the nutrient quantities. And uh, the other thing I highly advocate is moving towards a plant-based diet, and that is because the livestock production system that we have now is feeding these cows and pigs and chickens, corn and soy that has been genetically modified. So again, that's boosted full of pesticides and herbicides. And the cows, uh, the, the animals are pumped full of antibiotics to make them fatter quicker and growth hormones. So those things combined bioaccumulate in the meat and the milk of the animals and then we consume them. And so it, it, it's very dangerous for our system. Yeah. Um, and of course, the misery, these poor animals are being treated horrifically. And if you believe in energy, then you know that there, there's an energy transfer. And if something that's been suffering its entire life, I mean, ca baby calves are taken away from their moms at three days old and put in a pen that they can't even turn around for months. So this is how they live. The baby wants to play. So if, if an animal is suffering, so that someone can have their baby back ribs, it drives me nuts. But anyway, uh, if, if the animal is suffering, you're ingesting suffering. And so, of course, we have the higher rates of depression mm. and anxiety. And it, it yeah. makes sense. It makes so much sense. And it is so sad. One of the things that strikes me with folks in our line of work who are increasingly voicing, acknowledging there's so much to be sad about. And, and to allow ourselves to just feel that sadness. Yeah. Regardless of what we're doing about it, because there's a lot to do, to just acknowledge how sad it is right now. Yeah. With the way we're treating animals, the way we're treating each other, the way we're treating this planet. Yeah. You know, one of our recent guests, my friend Kevin Townley, who has a very interesting religious and alchemical background, spiritual background, speaks to the life force the prana uh, and I, I, I think Star Wars was on to way more than many of us perhaps recognize um, when talking about the force interestingly a lot of those incredible worlds that were filmed were real places right like the snow planet that was Scandinavia right like the Endor Ewok planet that was Northern California I mean it's just on and on but this life force thing is so important and it you're speaking to it in terms of the freshness of the local fruits and vegetables we get from local farmers. There, there's a whole different caliber of energy, vivifying energy in that food. And frankly, our science, coupled with uh, profit motives this last century, has totally lost sight of this reality. And I think one of the opportunities we have is to re-engage with food on the basis of the life force that is animating all of us. Yeah, it's true. Remember that the scientist, I forget his name, but did the science, the experiment water? And he put yeah. love and beautiful Shimoto words on one, yeah. yes, yeah. and uh, unkind words on the other. Mm -hmm. and, and you could see the different crystallizations, the uh, yeah. forms, and one was beautiful. That's the same. It's energy. It's energy yeah. into the water. It's energy into the food. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and water, right, molecularly is essentially a liquid crystal. Yeah. A set of liquid crystals, and it has memory, mm. right? It, it conveys experience over time. And, of course, our bodies are made up of, what, around three-quarters water or something like right. that. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, true. You've mentioned the importance of paying attention to the water we're drinking and the other beverages we're drinking. Can you explain to our audience what, what you're talking about there? Yes, so important. The EWG, Environmental Working Group, you can go on their website and they have a section where you can put your zip code in to their website and it will tell you the, the contaminants that are found in your resource, in your reservoir. And fascinating, most places tout their water, Aspen especially, and if you put Aspen zip code, I found four cancer-causing chemicals in our water. That's what the EWG says. And this used to be a mining town, so that potentially might be the source, or maybe it's the cleaning agents that they're using. I, I don't know the, the origins, but it's a fascinating thing to look into. Uh, so I highly advocate filtering your water. Uh, if you can do your whole house, that's phenomenal. If you yeah. can just do under your sink, or I, I love the new Berkey system I have. It's a two little container I put right on top of the sink. It makes me a gallon and a half of water in five minutes. It's fabulous. And you can taste the difference and definitely feel it. That's so, that's so beautiful. And it seems like water, it's so fundamental, right? The more we can ensure our water is coming into our bodies in a, a clean form, probably will mean also we're going to be less likely to buy those sodas and those other manufactured consumer packaged drinks because who knows what's in that water, right? Right. That's so true. Yeah. And the acidity level is an issue for people's bodies. Absolutely. Having a, a more alkaline water is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I, I want to make sure to remind our audience that this is the Why on Earth Community's Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series. We're talking with Dr. Nicola Ciso, and uh, want to be sure to thank our sponsors. Uh, this includes the Association of Waldorf Schools of North America, Purium, Equal Exchange, the International Society of Sustainability Professionals, Patagonia, Wele Waters, Earth Coast Productions, and uh, that group is helping to make possible an amazing three-day curated summit that we're hosting outside Boulder, Colorado this May 17 to 19 called Massively Mobilizing Sustainability, Deep Leadership for the 21st Century. And we have a very special offer. You can get a 25% discount uh, on your VIP all-access ticket for the summit using the code Dr. Nicola, so it's D-R-N-I-C-O-L-A. And uh, we're so excited to share that with the audience in celebration of this episode. And we're going to be diving even deeper on many of these topics and identifying actually some of the biggest uh, business opportunities for impact entrepreneurs and executives uh, to help us over these coming years and decades create a much cleaner, safer, and more compassion-based world economy. So I want to ask you, we've been talking about the, the health side of this, and you also studied sustainability and environmental management at Harvard. And I'm, I'm really curious, what dots have you connected there, or, or what, what were you diving into while working on that degree that is now playing into your work helping folks become more healthy? Yeah, you know, the, uh, one interesting study that I came across while I was there was that if the whole world were to shift to plant-based for one day a week, just one day a week, we would avert the trends of global warming. And that was based on the fact that animal production, livestock production, causes more environmental emissions, uh, yeah, uh, the like greenhouse gas emissions. Green, thank yeah. you, greenhouse mm -hmm. gas emissions, than all transportation combined, and so that just that minor shift. Their companies have come up with Meatless Monday now. There's yes. been some campaigns, um, but that minor shift in that in the lower demand of of animal production, and the reason is, it's not only because the animals excrete um, methane yep. from both ends. 
Um, they also, uh, they, the crops used to, to feed them is incredibly industrial yep. demanding yep. Uh, to ship, to, to store, to, uh, to produce itself. Of course, the pesticides, again, running off into the waters, destroying yep. our ecosystems, going into the oceans, yep. um, and the deforestation to raise those crops is a big uh, carbon cast yeah especially in the amazon basin right in exactly south america um there are football fields uh, yeah. like minute or second i don't know the exact stats but it's disturbing and alarming what is going on there so uh there, the livestock production really is an issue that yeah. is is an easy one for people to fix absolutely to cut out meat one day a week mm -hmm. is not you know, life-threatening, right. <laughs> even if you're a meat-eater, you, right. yeah. you know, you can do it. So that, that was wonderful to learn. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us and sharing your, your expertise, your enthusiasm with our audience. Um, and I want to, I want to ask before we sign off for today, Nicola, is there, is there anything else that you'd like to, to share with our audience as it relates to the topics we've been exploring today? Um, I think we covered everything. I mean, there's always so much to talk about, but yeah, no, um, beauty products, we didn't really cover much. Yeah, this is huge, right? Um, the average woman, this is another stat I learned at Harvard, the average woman lathers herself in 170 chemicals a day. Oh my gosh. So, uh, your lotions especially, your mascara, your makeup, your nail polish, your hairspray, the shampoos you're using, all of these things need to be green. They need to be as organic as possible. Um, so, so, so important. And then, of course, what you're cleaning your house with. What glass cleaner, you know, you're, you're spraying and then you're breathing that stuff. Make sure it's organic and clean green products. You can clean your floors with vinegar. Um, there are ways to clean with very simple products. Lemon oil is lovely and the disinfectant. Um, so very important, cleaning products, beauty products, uh, for men as well, the gel, the deodorants, mm -hmm. um, they have aluminum in them that gets into your system, yeah. same with toothpaste, a lot of our products in the house, some, you know, we might not be able to control the air quality outside, but what comes into our home we can absolutely control. Yeah. It's so important, and then of course the processed foods, it's much, plant, eat what comes right out of the ground. Yeah. That is the key to your health. Yeah. That's how we're, we're designed. This is why we have hands, not claws, you know? They're designed to pick fruits and pick vegetables and pick things off the land. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Dr. Nicola, I, thank yeah. you so much for talking with us today. It's such a pleasure. My pleasure. So thank you so much. I, I really appreciate being on your show. <laughs> thank you. Wonderful. Cheers. The Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series is hosted by Aaron William Perry, author, thought leader, and executive consultant. The podcast and video recordings are made possible by the generous support of people like you. To sign up as a daily, weekly, or monthly supporter, please visit whyonearth.org support. Support packages start at just $1 per month. The podcast series is also sponsored by several corporate and organization sponsors. You can get discounts on their products and services using the code WhyOnEarth, all one word with a Y. These sponsors are listed on the whyonearth.org backslash support page. If you found this particular podcast episode especially insightful, informative, or inspiring, please pass it on and share it with a friend whom you think will also enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. And thank you for being a part of the Why on Earth community.